welcome to another episode of the Houdat Jedi podcast. Did you miss us? It's been a few weeks. Um, this is episode 130, and uh, I am Aaron, and with me as always is Dave and Fredo. How are you guys doing? Hi, Hello. I'm doing fine. <laughs> I thought that was your answer. Hi. <laughs> Sorry, that, that was funny. Dave, Dave should be doing fine. He had a fun weekend. Oh, <laughs> you're one of your favorite teams, Aaron, was in New Orleans. I know. Facing one of your other favorite teams because now, it's uh, the local team du jour. Who, well, now, uh, I, you never stop hearing on. about. Hold on, hold on. Okay. I've never said that I'm anti-LSU. I just don't care about LSU. With all due respect to everybody, it's just I didn't go to that school. I, I don't dislike LSU. Now, I dislike... Florida State because I you know in Nebraska we played Florida State twice and got our butts whomped once and then we almost beat them the second time so I have it's I have some issues so with I and I love Kate you know and she loves her alma mater so I will not fault her for going to Florida State but um so but I I don't have anything that was a lot game so What's that? It was it was it was a crazy game. We went to the game, enjoyed the heck out of ourselves for most of it, except for maybe that last drive after the fumble. Um, that 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 whole sequence was less enjoyable. But then uh, they blocked the kick and they survived, and it was the jo- much joy was had. Tell you what, there was a lot of Florida State people down in the quarter. I will say that they it was. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, but okay, so somebody's got to tell me. Somebody's got to tell me that because Britt and I made the mistake of uh, on Sunday, we were like, let's go get some lunch. It's like, hey, we want to see the the fleur de lis that's painted on Bourbon Street. So we just decided let's go down to the quarter and just kick around for a little bit, and not not even thinking that there's the football game and it was decadence and it was just like, so if there's a day to go to the quarter, it was not that day anyway. But we did, and uh, <clears throat> somebody tell me. LSU, female fans, white cowboy boots. What's the deal? <laughs> it is the same thing. Yeah. What is the you deal? Know, our daughter was commenting on that. It's a, it's a thing, right? It's a thing. Pretty much a thing. Big time thing. I, it was like you couldn't swing a dead cat without hitting a female LSU fan wearing white cowboy boots. Does anybody have any idea what the deal is here? Or... No. All right. Well, if you're and listening to this, sorority initiation, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, so um, yeah. Uh, yeah, so... I agree. Somebody <laughs> out there should explain it to us because we we have no clue. We're old white men who don't know any better. Well, these were all you know young to middle aged white women who were wearing the white cowboy boots. So I'm just. <laughs> um, yeah, actually, yeah. Um, I will... Fredo has a better excuse than than we do for for not having any idea what this is about because now I, you know I have to tell you about my my football experience because we Brittany and I went to Ireland to the Nebraska um, Northwestern game and so here here first of all what was really cool was um, at pregame the Nebraska marching band and the Northwestern marching band joined. And they played Fields of Athenry, and the entire stadium was singing Fields of Athenry, which is a, <clears throat> which is a an Irish soccer thing, um, or rugby thing or something. But anyway, it's like the unofficial 
Irish national anthem, you know, type of thing. It's sang at all the sporting. Mm. So that, that was really cool for me being, a, you know, singing Irish music. Uh, but everything in Ireland was tap to pay, which was awesome. Of course, they don't have a tipping culture because they pay people. But you go up and you'd go to the bar and it's like you order. And so you don't open up a tab. You just pay, you know, as you go. And it's so lickety split quick. They hold out the little reader. You tap your card or your phone. You grab your beer and you're off. That's it. Um, so the problem was at the stadium, the Internet went down. And they were accepting no cash. So they were giving away food and beer. Nice. Like as much as you could hold basically and well the problem was and here so here i am and uh, this is when i realized that god has a sense of humor because here i am in ireland and it's free beer saturday and a beer is the last thing that even sounds remotely good to me because the night before we were in dingle with all my friends and the new orleanians were trying to keep up with the the irish people and it was <clears throat> you know it was yeah so Guinness did not sound good at, you know, like five o'clock in the afternoon. So, but yeah, they were giving away free beer. Yeah. So. Free beer in Ireland. Come on now. I mean, we, we held our own. It was just, it was one of those things where you wake up feeling really pretty good. And then as you're driving across country, we're both going, I just don't really feel all that well. So. This is one of those lessons that I learned and, you know, being when I went to Germany for Oktoberfest which is coming up uh, again, as it does every year. Uh, don't try to keep up with the professional drinkers out there. That's right. That's right. Dave's holding up his Oktoberfest. Yeah, but let's, let's it's, however, it's not a... however, yeah, I think New Orleanians can probably hold their own. Like I said, we, we stood pretty, pretty much toe to toe yeah. with them. I, you know, because you know, we, we are in training most of the year. So anyway, but uh, no, Ireland was great. It was fun. Um, <clears throat> saw Skellig Michael in the distance, Octo, everybody. Um, and they drove us around by where they filmed a little bit of uh, episode eight and episode nine. And it's always funny. Every time I go to Ireland, somebody's pointing out a pub that Mark Hamill was at. Because um, outside of this one pub um, in Dingle, or outside of Dingle, <clears throat> we had statues of Darth Vader and Yoda still <laughs> still there and that was the pub that Mark Hamill was hanging out in when they were filming episode 8 and 9 so um, no it was, it was fun it was good it was a quick trip it was a lot of fun so and uh, anywho so we're back to talk Star Wars stuff um, yeah so let's let's warm ourselves up with some trivia to get our brain wrapped around again and labor day weekend it was star wars weekend on tnt if you didn't notice that um <clears throat> you couldn't avoid noticing that what's that i'm saying you couldn't avoid noticing that it was yeah. non-stop all right dave i'm going to you first who suggests as rebel starfighters attack the first death star We'll have to destroy them ship to ship. Uh, probably Darth Vader. It is Darth Vader. Yep. Yeah. I thought it was going to be a tricky one until... Yeah. All right. So, Fredo... Mm-hmm. 
What part of a buzz droid does Obi-Wan tell R2-D2 to hit in order to destroy it or disable it? I believe it tells him to hit the center eye. It is exactly its center eye. <clears throat> Good job. All right. And for me, who picks Jango Fett's helmet off the arena floor? Mm, boy, let me think about that one. Yeah. It's actually one of the more poignant moments of that whole prequel trilogy. And actually, it's Boba Fett. <clears throat> so, there you go. So, we're, we're, we're warmed up now. <clears throat> A couple things we're going to talk about tonight. Uh, the main topic we're going to hit is um, trailers. And uh, kind of have just conversation about... Uh, what our favorite trailers were and Dave, you're talking about uh, maybe what other type of media got you hooked on star Wars or, you know, got you wanting to get in the movie. And it was funny. I saw actually a tweet. Um, somebody said, what was, and we might have to talk about this as part of the conversation is what maybe what scene do you go back to? If they say what scene grabbed you and said, I am now a star Wars fan. Or that might be a separate episode. Who knows? I thought it was kind of fun. But before that, um, we don't have much news. But one thing really caught all of our attention, and that is Ryan Johnson was interviewed by Empire Magazine. He was being interviewed for um, uh, Knives Out 2, right? Yeah, it's, a it's called The Glass Onion, uh, a Knives Out movie. So, yeah, the sequel to Knives Out. And uh, he, he talked about The Last Jedi. So I'll toss it to Fredo maybe to start us in on that one because he said some interesting things. Uh, sure. So let's start off with, uh, let's see, let's go back to front. The first thing, obviously, that one of the topics that obviously always comes up regarding uh, Ryan Johnson is what was his feelings regarding the after effects of The Last Jedi? Unsurprisingly, you know, some of the stuff comes out to the forefront every time. It's still hotly debated online. So uh, here's, we'll start off with this quote. In terms of the bad stuff, I'll tell you, it's interesting. There's been a lot of, there's been one of the really healthy things for me about the last couple of years was getting exposed to it, to all the negativity. Before I made The Last Jedi, I never had anyone hate me on the internet. If during the course of a year I got one negative tweet, I'll go into a panic mode. I'd be like, oh my God, somebody out there doesn't like me and I need to fix this. The thing though is, uh, the process made me out of, out of survival disconnect from that, gave me a more realistic view of the system that it's social media. It says there's a lot of great genuine interaction goes on, but the bad stuff, the systematic trolling, the almost gamified abuse that some people devote their entire online presence to, honestly, once you've seen enough of it, you see the pattern it just sort of gets boring after a while, end quote. So I think there's a recognition for him because he was used to be pretty actively involved in social media for a while there. And I think ever since Last Jedi, he just simply kind of gone off. I don't need it. So he well, might and still it was, pop up here and there, but it's not as interactive. Pardon my cough. It was, it was also preemptive. Because if you, if you watch mm -hmm. the, the documentary on The Last Jedi, that's part of the DVD set and everything. You, you probably, it's on Disney Plus as well. It was just a fantastic documentary. Um, he was actually getting yeah. like <clears throat> tweets 
thrown at him like you better not do anything to general hux which actually it was kind of funny apparently it turned out to be a russian bot um account mm-hmm. but um but i mean people were actually you know it's one thing when the force awakens came out or was announced people were excited about it they had really nothing to compare about to compare it to and then everybody kind of liked the idea of jj abrams as the director <clears throat> And then after The Force Awakens, people had feelings. And now we're, okay, now it's Ryan Johnson. It's kind of like, I, you know, as a band director, or let's just, you know, a football coach. You know, if you're a new football coach or a new band director or something, the first phone calls you get are from disgruntled parents who want things a certain way. That's, mm-hmm. just, that's just what happens. And, um, and so you start getting these criticisms right off the bat and i think ryan johnson got some of that right off the bat mm-hmm. I, what i always remember is because if he did i mean ryan johnson had started making you know he had made uh, a couple of small movies like brick and the brothers karamasa uh, what's in the brothers anyway looper? Forget, no well he made looper and that was kind of like his big sci-fi introduction that kind of said okay he can kind of do star wars but nothing to the degree of star wars so uh he had been kind of like an indie director kind of doing his own thing you know making smart savvy you know script savvy uh, scripts and movies so going from that to star wars clearly a bigger leap but and we'll talk about it with the trailers i mean there was no negativity towards it. everybody was raring waiting for that movie um there was clear shift once the movie came out and opinions got divided, but there was, I mean, there was a period there where he could have thought, okay, I'm doing it right and everything's going great. And then, but you're right though, Aaron, about particularly because I don't think there were any expectations for The Force Awakens. There were a lot of expectations for Last Jedi and maybe there was no way to set them uh, right. You know, for but and if we can if we could just take this tangent for a second i do find it interesting mm-hmm. you know like i said you watch that documentary and you said it turned out to be a russian bot account and we we know mm-hmm. now <clears throat> the last you know couple election cycles that you know russia finds ways to divide us and it's like if through you know through these you know bot accounts and what better way you know, than to get Star Wars fans yelling at each other because that's a lot of the population. I mean, it doesn't matter what we're yelling at each other about. It's just yelling at each other. So I do find mm-hmm. that kind of interesting. But um, the thing I found uh, really cool, the the comment he made in the Empire article was uh, is he's, he's patting himself on the back. He said, when it came mm-hmm. my time to do Star Wars, he said, when I was up to bat, I hit it out of the park. He says, I really swung at I the really ball. I really swung at the ball. I maybe, like, yeah, he mm-hmm. said, I, he re- I really swung at the ball. And, you know, that's, I, first of all, I'm glad that he feels that, you know, mm-hmm. because it would be really easy to go, man, everybody, so many people are mad about this movie. Maybe there's something to it, but he's like, I, hey, I swung at the pitch. And I felt that way about, the last Jedi from the get go. It's like, it was a totally different star Wars movie, but it's of, of the sequels. Um, I will probably watch that more than the other two. 
Maybe it's a tie between that and Force Awakens, but I mean, but it's like Mm -hmm. it's. I still think it's a. It looks good. It's a. You know, I my really only critique is that you know Finn's story goes nowhere. It just goes around the tree again. But, um, and yeah. So I was gonna say just to kind of continue quoting him because it goes follows up with you about the swinging of the ball. It says, "quote I think it's impossible for any of us, meaning any creator." To approach Star Wars without thinking about it as a myth that we were raised with, and how that myth, that story, baked itself into us and affected us. The ultimate intent was not to strip away, it was to get to the basic fundamental power of myth. And ultimately, I hope the film is an affirmation of the power of the myth of Star Wars in our lives. So he was cognizant of what he was looking to do. This wasn't a, oh, I'm just going to get cool characters and just take my action figures and match them together. Aware. He also says in there that it is a movie about Star Wars. Mm-hmm. That was mm-hmm. another killer line. I mean, when you you think about the things Kylo Ren's saying, you know, it's it's you know, you got to throw the past away. You know, um, Luke Skywalker saying it's time for the Jedi to end. You know, he was making a comment about you know a franchise that has kind of been telling the same story for six movies. Dave, you've been quiet for a long time. I just watched Last Jedi last night. It was on TNT, so I just got sucked in and started watching it. Um, so I guess I have some fresh thoughts on it. I, the um, it's it's a really ambitious movie, and so like to your guys's point earlier, it's ex- that's exactly right. He swung at it, and this is what I've always said about Attack of the Clones and why I admire that movie as much as it strikes out at times. They're t- they're swinging, so it's you know the Bobby Bonilla, uh, Mark McGuire mentality, which for me is just much more entertaining than some guy that's trying to walk every every time up the plate. Um, and I I don't know that it's arrogance necessarily on his part to to acknowledge that or to even acknowledge that um, he was trying to do certain things with the story. I I love Luke essentially being his proxy in this movie it's like i'm going to tear down the legend and i'm going to build it back up and that's what luke does and that's exactly luke's motivation throughout that entire story is i i need to tear this thing down it's doing more harm than good and he comes to realize by the end of the movie he, he his thinking turns around on that it's like i can do i can do some good here with this still so we're going to build this thing back up, but we're going to build it back up my way. And um, that last sequence where he stands off against Kylo and, you know, with everything on the line and he saves the day, it's perfect in my mind. It's perfectly in character. It's perfect to the spirit of the Jedi. Um, you know, knowledge and defense, not attack. And it's just hits at, at an, on an emotional level the way that it's shot the way the music you know everything that they do with that i think it's perfect and i know that a lot of people have problems with luke and other problems with the last jedi but for me that's that's incredible that's just some really incredible stuff I, I if there's a critique for me it's that it's like very serious <laughs> it's very mm-hmm. like that movie you, Aaron, you were talking about the movies that you go back to and you watch, and it's like, well, 
Force Awakens is a lot more of a watchable McDonald's-y sort of movie where you can just consume it and enjoy it and, and not have to sit here and be like, oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, no. Here comes that part again. Here comes yeah. this other part. Oh, no. Um, so, yeah, like, you know, it's a different kind of Star Wars movie. He set out to make a different Star Wars movie, and he succeeded at that. Yeah, and I think, I mean, part of me, because I did kind of see it, you know, on TV, kind of like, like I said, you know, it just pops in. And uh, part of me, what took me aback was the moment when um, everybody just standing around, stands up and just staring at Luke as he walks towards the fire, the door on fire to go face the first order. And I'm like, yeah, that's myth-making. That's that's everybody just standing and acknowledging the hero as he marched towards it's it's in a way it's also luke acknowledging his own legend it's that's why a lot of i've never understood the the anger that a lot of the fanboys had about luke not technically being there i'm like well and he is he's using the force as a jedi master to its utmost at that point and he's playing kylo ren um yeah it was just it was just amazing so i never got the criticism of that plus the music is awesome you know um yeah, no, I mean, yeah, that 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 moment you're talking about, you know, the standoff with Kylo Ren um, <clears throat> when he, and Luke coming into the whole thing, um, that that makes me not get so mad about the slow speed chase that we just went through <laughs> not too long ago. Um, you know, um, but now you know, the other thing that Ryan Johnson said in here, he mentions his Star Wars trilogy again. He's still thinking about it. He talks to Kathy Kennedy every now and again about it. Um, and, you know, I'm starting to wonder because this this interview comes out and he's talking about Star Wars. Is this Lucasfilm saying enough time has passed? Let's dip our toe in the water to see how people react to the idea of Ryan Johnson doing a Star Wars stuff. Let's see if, you know, because there, again, there was feelings and, you know, time heals all wounds, you know, type of a thing. I wonder if this was, hey, let's let's see how people react to this. You know, what's the general consensus? Or, oh, he's talking about his trilogy again. That would be awesome, you know. And um, I don't know, do, do you think? Or am I reading too much into that? Let me just uh, hit the quote that he says, and then because he says, "quote I've stayed close to Kathleen, and we get off, to, we get together often and talk about it. It's just at this point a matter of schedule when it can happen. It would break my heart if I were finished, if I couldn't get back in that sandbox at some point." End quote. So part of me does doesn't disagree with you, Ernst. Some part of me thinks this might be a good kind of okay. It's still about it. I also do think. He kind of wrecked, you know, he kind of hit a home run with Knives Out. And he, he was very much in a, you got to keep, you know, hit while the iron's hot on that print and that yeah. property. And it's like, and that really took up all his time because he's writing and directing that. Side movie. note, I love you know. that movie. So anyway. Oh, yeah, no, it's awesome. It is, it is awesome. I can't wait for The Glass Onion. It's, I mean, it's one of those movies that you go back and you just rewatch because it's just, it's just, it's, so well done. It's endlessly repeatable. Yeah, so well done. So, uh, and, and what's his name? Daniel Craig just is a riot in it. Uh, so I could totally see where he might have thought, okay, I'll make this movie and then I'll see what happens next. And then it just exploded on him. And he's just like, okay, I 
kind of keep making they want me to do a couple more plus he's doing some stuff with netflix so you know that's the one downside of being successful is you get more options and your schedule you know closes up in a hurry but i imagine at some point they're gonna want to revisit that but the other the other thing talking schedule is star wars has been kind of in a we're focusing on disney plus right now space so they seem like they're giving their movie creators time to sort out what they want to do there yeah i would be in favor of him getting the opportunity i think um i think all three of us would be i also think that there is something to what you're saying that it's very likely that he's kind of floating it publicly just to see what people react to. But I think the quote is interesting and very telling. It would break my heart. I think that's that I have no reason to doubt him when he says that. That's very strong language. He very much wants to do this thing based on what based on those words. Um, so as long as the relationship with Lucasfilm and Kathleen is still strong, I think he'll probably get that opportunity. But Aaron, if your theory is correct, I think you're going to see Kathleen or maybe somebody else at a Lucasfilm very soon speak to that as well. So not every, I mean, maybe we'll just leave this grenade out here and just see how it it Mm -hmm. flourishes in the next week. But there is this, I mean, we had Comic-Con just went by and they really announced nothing for Star Wars. They had an Andor thing, I think, maybe a little bit. But um, D23 is on Friday. And the whole weekend, actually. It would be... For Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It would be, uh, you know, quite a dink that we get this, you know, a week before it. You know, this little, you know, couple quotes from Ryan Johnson. And I, I'd, I'd put 10 bucks down that it's like... Yeah, you know what? Tyka's doing this other thing, and you know, and the uh, Patty Jenkins is, you know, whatever, you know. But Ryan's got some time, so we've decided to push his thing up, and we're gonna get honking on it. I don't know, but no, I could see, I, I could see where you know, because the, you know, the people pushing the glass opinion are not gonna want to have their press tour be all about Ryan Johnson going back that's to true. Star Wars. That's true. But but I could see where Kathleen gets up there and says, okay. Patty Jenkins wrote one. Taka Waititi, we finally get confirmation. We probably get some the first glimpses of Ahsoka and the Acolyte. And then they do, in the middle of all that, throw in, oh, and Ryan Johnson is still coming back. We're working on this uh, towards latter part of the 2020s. You know, As soon as his schedule frees up, he's coming back so to we'll... do what he promised to do. So I could see him saying, throwing that nugget out there, but no title, no... just confirmation and just leave it at that well let's uh let's move on to trailers we'll see what we'll see what happens at d23 i'm sure we'll have hopefully we'll have some stuff to talk about that next week and mm-hmm. i know we don't do this often but i i want to i just want to start it with uh, with a little bit of this if see what what you think about somewhere in space this may all be happening right now 20th Century Fox and George Lucas, the man who brought you American graffiti, now bring you an adventure unlike anything on your planet, Star Wars. Here they come.
told you nothing <laughs> it's it's a story about a boy a girl and a universe and a universe right on all counts heroes and villains strange creatures yeah but okay because you know we're conversation we want to say what what are our you know favorite star wars trailers you know dave made a comment in our private message group that you know it's like trailers that we've been getting as of late are really disappointing so it might be about you know like you know movie trailers um you know in general as well and kind of what the point of the trailer was now i think i want to start the conversation um with with that trailer but i mean and i don't know how you want to flow with this but i'll just throw it out there my two favorite trailers of the entire star wars saga are um the phantom menace and the uh, Force Awakens, and um, and I think it's kind of along the lines of that original trailer, because I mean that original trailer it didn't tell you what the story was; it just showed you things, and it was like that's cool, those things, that's awesome, um, and so when the Phantom Menace. I, I cannot tell you. I don't remember. I actually saw the Return of the Jedi trailer at the first Star Wars convention that I went to at our library in Lincoln, Nebraska. Um, and all I remember from that are the speeder bikes. Um, but anyway, I don't remember the Empire trailer. Um, I can't, I couldn't even tell you how Attack of the Clones or Revenge of the Sith. Um, a little bit of, you know, but anyway, Phantom Menace, it was like, I mean, we were seeing familiar things. So again, it was nostalgic because we were seeing Tatooine. Um, I love the line of, you refer to the, you know, prophecy of the one who will bring balance to the force. You think it's this boy. It's like, it's like, oh, prophecy of the force. Then you see, you know, Darth Maul with the double-bladed lightsaber and, you know, Obi-Wan, you know, quick fight. Again, it really didn't tell you anything about the story. It showed you these things that made me excited um force awakens same type of thing we didn't know what jj abrams was going to write um and we see a stormtrooper and we see the millennium falcon at the end of it and tie fighters and it's like we see these things and that got me excited about that there's a star wars coming out so 
and that's going to be kind of a common thread for me when you talk about what gets you, you know, what other media gets you kind of jazzed for the new Star Wars coming out. Um, but I'll just throw those two out there for perusal. You know, it, it reflects like how trailers are cut together. Really, they've they've gone from what used to be like full narration where you hired a guy and he told you he read from a script and it either told you what the movie was about or it didn't depending on how successful the script was um but you had the guy the 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 you know the faceless guy telling you all about the movie um and they eventually got to a point where they thought well this is a little cheesy we can probably do better than this why don't we show you what the movie's about and try to let the dialogue from the movie itself tell you what the story is about and i think like that shift was an important one because like when you go back and you watch some of those old trailers now the the before that shift occurred it's like pulling teeth you mean like I the, mean, the original bad. star wars trailer <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean it's bad and I, I'm, I'm with you aaron i was too young um i don't really recall seeing trailers in the theater um for the original star wars films um the first trailer that really grabbed me in that way was the re-release trailer Mm. for a new hope um that that blew me away because it it starts with the little television screen and then you see the x-wing fly out of the television (laughs) and into your face and it's like, okay, yes, this is the perfect visual for this. For an entire generation, people have experienced Star Wars the only way it's been possible, on the TV screen. But if you've only seen it this way, you haven't seen it at all. Now, for its 20th anniversary, the adventure of a lifetime returns to the big screen. And um, and just like loved it because again you had the the weird the new CGI scenes with the you know, oh this new scene is in this movie I I'm excited about it I don't hate it yet <laughs> <laughs> I'll hate it in a few years but right now I'm excited and um, yeah no like well, that the, the, that was the first one that grabbed me that I can that I can recall the most important moment in that uh, special edition was not in the trailer. Oh well. <laughs> you know. Uh yeah. Yeah, shooting first. Yeah, no, uh, it's interesting. Aaron to, to that original Star Wars trip, I mean, can you imagine being there in nineteen seventy five, nineteen seventy six, working at a trailer company and being told, put a trailer for this movie, it's called Star Wars, and you're just getting all this footage of weird aliens and lasers and uh flying ships in space and you're like, What the heck am I gonna sell? So I think they did a pretty good job of you know, summarizing Star Wars, the original New Hope, as best as they could in that two-minute trailer. Because, I mean, again, audiences were not ready in 1977 when that came out. And I can't imagine, as for every story ever told, whether it's Empire of Dreams or any of the books, we know that the people who were making it, many of them, had no idea what the heck they were making. So selling it's got to have to be a difficult prospect. In terms of, I think the you know the first one that came to mind when we were discussing this topic is the Phantom Menace trailer, the original teaser, in what was it, 97, 98 when that came out. Because you know the one that everybody went to go see Meet Joe Black saw and then left Meet Joe Black because no nobody was interested in Meet Joe Black, 
they just wanted to come see, they went and see bought money. Trailer. Yeah, they bought a ticket to go see the trailer. Yeah, that's yeah, a exactly. really important piece of this discussion, and it was definitely something I wanted to touch on. It was just this idea that a trailer itself could be that important to people that I'm not going to even watch the movie. <laughs> I'm going to buy a ticket. I'm come for this. Mm. Yeah, I'm going to buy a ticket, sit down in my seat, watch this trailer, and then leave because I have no interest in the movie. That was unheard of. That was not a thing. And like even today, that's not really a thing anymore because all of these trailers debut on digital medium on your phone. You can see it instantly. You don't necessarily have to go to the theater to see these trailers now. Mm-hmm. And so the culture shifted away from that even. But for the, for that time in that place, like that, that was the culture. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and it's, and it's also. I mean, because yeah, at that point it was the internet was internet. We're dating ourselves here. Was right. not as prevalent. Smartphones weren't a thing. So, yeah, even the idea of finding a video copy or digital copy of the trailer online was such an outlandish thing. So yeah, it was go to the theater, go see the trailer, or you know, wait for it to appear on TV. Yeah, I, I actually remember the second trip. Phantom Menace trailer ended up making the news because people were just so shocked that people were having a, such a reaction to it. And obviously, you know, I don't know that that'll ever be equal because even the trailers for stuff like like right now, when we get the Avengers trailers dropping or Marvel stuff dropping or whatever, yeah, people have massive reactions online. But it's one thing to do online. It's another thing to actually get butts up of chairs, drag them to a theater to go put money down to just see the trailer well and there uh, is the other one i'm sorry there is there is such a thing now and our podcast we don't do it but you know, we've done it a couple times but when a trailer mm-hmm. comes out and they will analyze every frame of it and mm-hmm. and try to figure out and deduce what is you know going on here and i mean and I guess I go back to it's kind of like that when you ask, you know, what other type of media, you know, got you jazzed up for a new Star Wars. And I remember when I was in elementary school, when like we would have book day, when like the, the mm. bookmobile would come and you and there was like I remember the Return of the Jedi book. Return of the Jedi wasn't out yet, but there was a book that had a bunch of pictures. We saw what the second death star looked like it's like what's that about you know we saw again we saw these Mm -hmm. things and you know it wasn't didn't tell us anything about the story um i also remember what got me jazzed about empire strikes back was burger king because burger king was given they you had a sticker book and you know it's like every time you went and got you know whatever you, you whatever you bought at Burger King, they would, you'd get a new sticker to fill out the sticker book. So you saw the Millennium Falcon flying through, you know, the asteroid field. You saw, you know, TIE fighters. You saw, and so those types of things got me jazzed that there is a new Star Wars coming, you know. Glassware. Right. At, at fast food restaurants, you'd get these gold, nice glasses with the seams on glass the, edge. Yeah. I, I <laughs> like, have some. I have some. It wasn't just like, yeah, it wasn't just like somebody like printed something or painted something it was actually edge stuff and nah yeah. but, I I guess, like... but i guess my point is that it's like mm-hmm. 
you know, it's like, yeah, a new Star Wars trailer's coming out. I, I could really give two zips about what they are saying. It's like, I, I want to, again, I want to see the things. Show, and show the visuals. Like yeah, the, the, Andor tra- the Andor trailer that came out not too long ago, the thing that jazzed me up is like, again, it looks like, it looks so much like Star Wars. It looks so cool, you know? Um, and, I mean, let's be honest. It's like, you you walk down the street and you know especially in this town and what what makes you go into a restaurant you know it's no it's not the menu it's like you smell something and it's Mm -hmm. like oh we're gonna go in there because you know it it smells so good you know that's that's gonna be a good you know um so I don't know, you know, it's I, and I think I think trailers anymore, and I want to get to like what Dave's problem with the like trailers we've been getting. I think trailers anymore are trying to be too much of a synopsis, too much of of the um, of a part of the a part of the meal, and not just an appetizer. You know, because that's what it should be. It should be that you know that little small appetizer that makes you you know not fills you up but you know get you geared up for dinner before you do that right quick i'll just want to say the one moment recently that i could think of i mean the row one trailer was very good but if you know there was one moment in it but the big moment that was force awakens that final shot of the first trailer chewy were home. that was the second trailer but yeah no that was That's the second, second trailer, trailer. Yeah, but you're right but the reaction the reaction to that because it was like, I mean, you were there. You were there in the park, weren't you, Aaron? When that happened, or was that you, Dave? I don't. I, that one, I don't. I don't remember. I don't know if it, one of you was at uh, one of the Disney parks. Anyway, I was in Nebraska. But, no, I, I, I was at uh, Star Wars Celebration when they played the uh, Rise of Skywalker. That everybody absolutely oh. went bonkers over and loved it. That Palpatine was back and was, you know, you heard the cackle. Everybody thought that was the greatest thing since sliced bread. And then, like you know, a month later, they mm-hmm. are all mad. Anyway, but yeah, so go ahead, Dave. Oh, I, uh, God, uh, so many thoughts because you guys have covered a lot of ground here, which is like great. Um, just keeping the conversation to Star Wars, uh, I, I have enjoyed uh, some of the recent trailers for the movies. Um, I, I think, I think the Last Jedi. Uh, the final trailer for The Last Jedi is my favorite trailer for any Star Wars movie. Um, and the title for that had been held by Revenge of the Sith for the longest time when Obi-Wan, the, yeah. the original Obi-Wan, is talking about the dark times before, before the, the Empire. Empire. Yeah. And uh, and you're cutting the, the, the Revenge of the Sith footage, and it's just uh, mm, chef's kiss. For over a thousand generations, the Jedi Knights were the guardians of peace and justice in the Old Republic, before the dark times, before the Empire. A young Jedi named Darth Vader, who was a pupil of mine until he turned to evil, helped the Empire hunt down and destroy the Jedi Knights. Vader was seduced by the dark side of the Force.
Lord Vader. Yes, Master. Right. Um, but then the Last Jedi with with the music. It was it was amazing. It was amazing. I mean, it was a it was like a a um, more actiony version of the Jedi steps. That music that they played at the very end of uh, Force Awakens, where she's going up to meet Luke. And, and and then they turn it on its ear in this trailer for the next movie. Something inside me has always been there. But now it's awake. And I need help. strength only once before it didn't scare me enough then it does now and luke intones this is not going to go the way that you think it's going to go and uh shivers and um like losing my mind that that's as good as it gets and maybe from from that perspective it's just there's a lot to live up to i remember we <laughs> and and, and Sorry, and remember, that's part of the problem. I remember we all laughed at the Last Jedi trailer that came out on Good Friday, and it had Luke leaving a cave saying, "It's time for the Jedi to end." <laughs> Good Friday. <laughs> What's a kick? Oh well, yeah. <laughs> hey, <laughs> leaving a cave. Oh. It's like, <laughs> anyway. Um, okay, so so you said you liked the movie trailers. Uh, what, what about Disney the... Plus? stuff do you think do you think disney plus is getting a little bit there's there's a south park episode where they talk about that it's like you know kevin james is a zookeeper f you you know it's like you're gonna go see it you know rob schneider is a is a pretzel f you you know it's um do you think disney plus is getting that way it's just like here's a new star wars you're gonna watch it nah here's a new marvel thing you're gonna watch it nah Yeah, it's interesting because on the one hand, yeah, you're right, we're going to watch it. But I also think, it, like, for example, like the Andor trailers, I really like. Uh, the, I think the Book of Boba Fett trailers, when we were waiting for them for the longest time, then we finally got them like, oh, that looks exciting. And then, of course, uh, they we like the show. The, they didn't show the Vespas in those trailers, I'll tell you that much. Yeah. But anyway, keep going. Yeah. Uh, but I think the best ones that I've seen done so far for the Disney Plus are the Obi-Wan trailers. I think those were cut to movie quality. Because, you know, they told you everything you needed to know. They told you nothing. You had no mention of Leia in there. You just had Obi-Wan in the desert trying to, you know, looking mournful. And then you saw Inquisitors and you saw shootings and you saw lightsabers and you heard Darth Vader's breathing. And that's all you knew. But that's, I mean, it was really well cut and it was really well done. Uh, for what it was going to tell and stuck true to the story so but sometimes I think that's the bigger deal it's you want the trailer to hit the mood of what the project is going to be well that was going to be my question want... what 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 is the utilitarian in your in your mind what in both your guys' mind what is what is the purpose of the trailer what do you what's what would you consider a good trailer butts in seats what go ahead sorry butts in seats or in front of the TV screen. 
No, yeah, I mean, yeah, but, but, well. but for you, we're talking about this, you know, just like, that's a good trailer. That's not a good trailer. Yes. I, I mean, personally, I, uh, I would agree with you hundred percent when you're talking about like towing this, walking this line between telling you everything and spelling it out literally as if you're in the theater already and being completely oblique and you don't know what the heck's going on and what am I watching? Um, I think like walking this line where I get a very clear picture about what this is about, but also you don't hit me over the head with it and you let the pictures sort of speak for for themselves more so than the, than the actual words um, and you get the feel of the thing. Um, I mean, shoot, if I'm sitting there and I got goosebumps shooting up my arm, I'm, I mean, like right there, that's, that's an emotional response, but they're able to elicit that through the way that they cut it together. Um, and so I think, again, the, the tempo is, is, is an important part of it, but also more to the point, um, these, these, tell me the story but don't talk to me like I'm four years old either. I still I'm think, a good example. I'm sorry. I still think at the end of the uh, first Force Awakens trailer, they should have cut the fade to black and then all of a sudden just have a voice say, Misa back. And then cut. <laughs> I, but to Dave's point, I think the best example of that in recent years was the Rogue One trailer, the original one, the one with the alarm going off. And you see, like, Krennic walking on the beach. You know, stuff that got filmed exclusively for the trailer, which we should talk about how that stuff can be misdirection. But, you know, uh, characters walking, you know, with Jin wearing the outfit and turning around. But, you know, with uh, with uh, Forrest Whitaker's voiceover. Onward. But I think because they put the alarm on top of it, that created a sense of tension to it that highlights the point of the movie is this is a high, this is high risk. These are not your normal heroes. Therefore, there's no guarantee that they're going to come out of it on scale. No, I think that that footage that you're talking about in Rogue One, that was actually footage that was from the first cut of the movie before, you know, mm -hmm. directors yep. were switched and stuff was rewritten. Um, so it was like, hey, let's just use this because, yeah, there was so much in that first trailer that was not in the, them running on the beach with her holding the Death Star plans and the big eight track cassette you know it was like and, um, uh getting shot at by the weighty beach ats whatever the terminology for them well the tie fighter flying up and meeting her nose to nose you know so there was a lot of stuff yeah um I, you know i guess again for i'd like to say too briefly about that trailer in particular is that um it used a technique that became really popular over the last like 10 years or so which is like this loud reoccurring noise to build tension and um the most famous example of that is inception like mm -hmm. it, that became a meme where the inception oh. trailer wah, you know and it's like everybody made an inception trailer for a while there it's called inception already i think i found a way home and this last job 
feel real while we're in them. It's only when we wake up that we realize something is actually strange. And that this is very much in keeping with that. But again, with the spin of it being this sound that we're already familiar with in the Star Wars universe. And so I think on that level, it actually is really successful and works really well. Um, but yeah. What were you going to say, Aaron? I'm sorry. I no, just... it's, it's all right. I, I, I don't remember now, but that's, uh, that's okay. It was probably something I want to get the inception important. in there. Wah, you know. <laughs> so, okay. So I, I mentioned uh, Burger King and, uh, you know, the book, the bookmobile. But what other types of things got you guys jazzed about, you know, new Star Wars when you were kids? Um, I mean, I, I will say as an adult, I also look forward to the Vanity Fair spread that has become mm-hmm. kind of tradition where again it's just their inter- it's an interview but Annie Leibovitz's you know pictures from the set I again oh, that gosh. just that gives me kind of pumped but what other types of media from you guys before I go that okay you remember the uh the Vanity Fair spread for episode one that had those shots of Obi-Wan dueling Darth Maul in the in the on Tatooine yeah they let them, I mean, just it's still ingrained in my head that the one shot of yeah, Obi Wan Maul jumping at each other, lightsabers drawn. I'm just like, oh, that's gonna be so cool to see. And that wasn't in the movie, and I was like, ah. But no, uh, uh, part of me, okay, as a kid, I always remember, okay, this may be esoteric or go back a long way, but I used to love the lunch boxes, the die cut metal lunch box. I had a, I had a Superman one, I had a, the Empire Strikes Back one. And I had the Return of the Jedi one that came with the little thermos. And if you remember, the little thermos, the Return of the Jedi one, had a little uh, a wicket. And did, or a wicket with an arcade too. And did that come out before the movie? That came out, I want to say it came out with the movie. Or just about, I mean. That's the thing. It's By that point, by, by Return of the Jedi time, I think they had perfected the art of putting up merch with the movie. You know, uh, that's uh, it's kind of interesting because I, you know, I collect so many of it, but the toys never got me jazzed about the movies because they always came out, you know, after the movie was released. Um, so, yeah, lunch boxes were good though. Yeah, because I mean, I, I remember it was because these were metal. These weren't like because yeah. now they're all plastic for for safety and the security of kids, so that you know they when they start swinging them around at their classmates, they don't. That that happened that. in my kindergarten class. So anyway, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but my yeah, the, mine were old school. The metal type, yep. the metal lunchboxes, and that they were all like uh, pressed so that the the figures would stick out. So I always remember those because I used to love getting them for the start of school year. Phantom Menace was on this other level than everything else that had happened before and that has come since. Um, there was product placement everywhere with Phantom Menace and it was just I'm going to Taco Bell well you get your cup you're shooting your cup with the Phantom Menace stuff on it it's like oh I'm going to I'm going down to the local gas station I'm going to get some ice cream out of the little fridge I'm going to get a Cornetto uh, oh well here's your Phantom Menace Cornetto uh, you know the, uh, the, biggest, the biggest fail in the Phantom Menace um, marketing blitz was the soundtrack the soundtrack was released like a couple weeks no. before the, the movie and the <laughs> last track one of the last tracks is qui-gon's funeral it's no. like it's, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah okay mm-hmm. <laughs> i guess liam neeson ain't coming back you know it's like that mm-hmm. was i don't know i still remember that because i bought because i want to say that because it was interesting 
they uh, held the novelization for episode one till after the movie came out, but they released the John Williams soundtrack, I want to say like two weeks prior. Yeah. So I went and picked it up on CD. And yeah, sure enough. Now, the good, the smart thing they did is they didn't put the track titles at the back of the CD. They were inside the liner notes. So you have to crack open the CD. And of course, you take it out and you're reading. And it says, hey, this is what the tracks are called. At the bottom, you get to like Qui-Gon's death, Qui-Gon's funeral. And you're like, what? McClunky. Um, I, I think I knew even without like looking at the the track listings like i that had been spoiled by for so many people that i think it had become like infamous on on the internet and everything else a friend of mine had the soundtrack and it was yeah it came out like a month early so and it, it just it ruined it they stopped doing that they stopped doing that for a long time it's like we're not going to put the track listings out we're not going to release the soundtrack early because we don't want to ruin the movie for people. It's just like, just rename the, rename the track. You know, I mean, speaking speaking of soundtracks, and just triggered a memory in my head, uh, Dave, because, you know, talking about how it's merchandising, there was a time. Okay. When, okay. Back back when we bought physical media kids, uh, when attack of the clones came out, they had four different covers to the CDs. So images for like, so you could go buy your soundtrack, but they've made, like that one that had uh, Anakin and Padme, they had one that had Obi Wan, they had one that had uh, I don't know if it was a clone droid or a clone trooper or a droid or whatever. But the one that was selling out everywhere was the one with Yoda holding the ball of Force Lightning. Mm. Yeah, and I just remember because it was a big deal that you could go online and find out that people are just going into like Circuit City, may it rest in peace, and Best Buy and Target and picking up all these like they wanted to get all four variants it was like comic book covers with different cover art for different one well they were just grabbing the yoda one some some things um about the trailers that we've talked about that it's now kicking in the brain Mm -hmm. you know that that first that first trailer what was what was missing from that uh that original trailer the the one the the new hope one we just listened yeah yeah what was missing John Williams score. John Williams, yeah. John Williams score. And so I wonder what, because what would, would the reaction have been bigger if you would have had that kind of hit? And that's one of the things that drives me crazy about trailers now is when you can tell that they're using just stock iMovie, you know, just music. And, and here's the thing that drove me crazy because, um, with, the um um force awakens when they i've talked about on this podcast before when they used um um the bespin love theme you know mm-hmm. the han and leia's theme when we're focused on ray it's like why why are they doing that when i heard that music i was like why did they choose that music and it it turns out that they chose it just because it was Star Wars music, and that that bothered me a little bit, um, but um, I do remember the original Force Awakens trailer because I think that Bespin one comes later in a later trailer. Mm-hmm. But the original one, I remember it was a lot of dialogue, a lot of dialogue, and then all of a sudden it was just the fanfare and the Millennium Falcon, and then cut to black, and I was like, that is brilliant use of 
the music. Um, but um, like I said, that is one thing that drives me crazy about trailers is when it's not any of the soundtrack that, so that, that tells me is, is music really even integral in the creation of this movie or are we just running behind schedule on getting that stuff recorded? I don't know. Well, and what's interesting is because particularly for the original trilogy, John Williams, I mean, he'll be writing music, but that stuff wouldn't be recorded until the movie was just about locked into place. That's why it's so mad. That's why it's so unique and matches. That's why stuff yeah. doesn't repeat the way that it does in the, uh, in the prequel trilogy where George was literally like, they were ripping the movie out of his hands in order to throw it into theaters. Uh, so he was making changes right up to the last minute, and that included music. Uh, yeah, it's interesting because I'll, there has been a search about a decade or so ago, a couple of artists who actually did trailer music started putting out CDs or records of their own music, just showing, hey, this is the music that ends up in trailers. And sure enough, you start hearing it in trailers, you're like, oh, I know where that's from. So it's almost like even the trailer music became such an integral part to people that they had to remember but you're right, it's always interesting the way I always appreciate it when they take Star Wars music and spin it in such a way to give you a different vibe. Like sometimes they'll extend motifs or extend themes and they're switching around to play in different ways. And I think that's always an interesting way because it gives, still hits you that Star Wars feel without being a copy paste job. But again, not everybody has the time for, to do that. That's the other cash. If you go on YouTube, sometimes you'll see people that um, it just sort of um, like the trailers itself, right? You, you're like, I'm going to go watch the trailer on YouTube. And you watch the trailer. And then you'll see like in the comments where people are like, what what song is this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what song is this? I'm curious. I really like the music that plays in this trailer. And there'll be whole discussions over that point. I, like one of the best examples I can think of off the top of my head is the Wonder Woman 1984 trailer, which was like a phenomenal version of that classic from the 80s. Um, uh, and now I'm spacing on the name of it, but um, was it Blue Oyster? No, it wasn't Sweet Dreams. It's Blue Monday. Blue Monday. Yeah. And um, it's just an incredible version of that. And it was this, you know, this techno trance version of the song that had come out a couple of years prior. Um, and so they used that. They pulled it that into the trailer. And, and that, that song kind of got a second life because of that. But, um, okay. Now, I want to I share something because I, I shared the original Star Wars trailer. And yes. there, if go on YouTube, if you guys have never seen it, um, they have people have created modern trailers. Mm-hmm. for these that's and the thing too yes so, they do so that. here is here is a new hope the modern trailer tell you luke the rebellion's a long way from here this planet big hunk of nothing i didn't come back just to say goodbye i shouldn't tell you this but you're the only one i can trust we're gonna jump ship and join the alliance. The rebellion? Quiet up. Using the big scene. Quiet, I'm quiet. Listen, how quiet oh, I am. It's totally ripped off the Force Awakens trailer. It won't be long before your uncle's just a tenant. 
slaving for the greater glory of the Empire. No, that's not going to happen here. You said yourself the Empire won't even mess with this old rock. Things can change. I grow tired of asking this, so it'll be the last time. Father's light saber. The weapon of the Jedi Knight. For over a thousand generations, the Jedi Knights were the guardians of peace, of justice, and the old There's an empty for me here now. I want to learn the ways of the Force and become a Jedi like my father. Han Solo. I'm Captain of the Millennium Falcon. So, I mean, again, that's just somebody having fun and being creative, but there are elements in there that it's like you get some names, you know, you hear Vader, you know, the name Vader, mm-hmm. you, you get a little bit more of like, oh, okay, this is, you know, Luke is the hero, you know, a little bit of the hero's journey and stuff. Um, now, the music did not fit, but... No, that's the Force Awakens. Uh, it was Force Awakens. Music. Yes, it was Force yeah. Awakens trailer music. Yeah. But but the addition of music made all those images pop even more. Um, so I don't know. I mean, have you have you seen any of these modern trailers? And what do you what do you, mm-hmm. uh, the Empire one okay. is really cool. I always I find them interesting because a lot of times what they'll do is they'll copy whatever the latest movie is version and they try to edit the old movies to it. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. That's that's where you kind of see where the differences between the movies thematically kind of is, you know, for anybody who ever goes, oh, they're all the same thing. It's like, no, there's some differences there. Uh, it's, it's a fun exercise. It's a fun, because it's it's remaking kind of, you know, what I was thinking of as you were playing is contrasting it to the original trailer that you played earlier, how different in tone, how different in sound that, you know, the original trailer from 1977 was fun as a, mystery adventure yeah there's some adventure but you know we're not going to tell you anything we're just showing you these images and you'll have to come to our to to the theater to be taken to this galaxy whereas this one's a bit more on nose on the story and the themes that it's going to propel which again kind of shows the difference of audience expectations and how we want to be sold stuff i also think like it really illustrates this culture of around trailers and trailer watching like on and again it's all over youtube you can go and you can watch some of these remakes but then you can also go watch uh you were talking about uh trailer breakdowns that's a whole subgenre. um reaction videos which mm-hmm. is just an emotional visceral response and just watching somebody watch this trailer right for the first time um and some of those are a little canned you, you can tell like 
you know, they're putting mm-hmm. on a little extra emotion on their face. Well, they know and, and it's obvious they've watched it 20 times before because they're <laughs> like, is that a bit in the background there? It's like, come on. You yeah. know, it's like you've been staring at this for an hour. But yeah, keep going. Right. But the, that that culture exists. You know why? Because it's it, that that is a rabbit hole you can go down because if you have a, a certain amount of joy from that you derive from either a property, a movie or even just the trailer itself, you get to sort of wrap your arms around this community that exists and sort of recreate that experience for yourself. What did it feel like for me when I watched the Force Awakens trailer for the first time? I can get on YouTube and I can watch somebody's reaction to the Force Awakens trailer. And again, like you, you end up connecting with that material on, a, on just a very visceral emotional level yeah but i mean i have one last thing to cover i don't know if y'all have anything else you wanted to talk about i'm good go for it um so like sort of circling back to what you were asking about earlier which was like well was there any sort of supplementary material marketing uh that really sort of spoke to you and was like wow i'm getting excited for this movie and it was Oddly enough, because we were talking about soundtracks, the Revenge of the Sith soundtrack. And what got me in the door with this, um, beyond just having access to John Williams's music and getting to listen to it, um, was there was a music video mm-hmm. on like a DVD, bonus DVD, that included... Um, basically vignette um, vignettes like three minute you know whatever however long John Williams's songs would be um, and it was just basically highlights of the movies the whole the whole saga and so like it started with like duel of the fates and so now you've got so duel of fates so it's like a bunch of phantom menace stuff but also people like lightsaber fighting and flipping around and doing all this fun stuff they converted this eventually into star wars in concert mm-hmm. i don't know if either of you guys went to star wars yes in concert. i did it was yeah awesome yeah that's they basically took this this template from this dvd and that's what star wars in concert became or or vice versa. Well, I mean, it was all planned ahead. I'm sure. I guess um, I I saw something. I'm, I'm, I saw something different where it was. I mean, it was the Louisiana Philharmonic Orchestra playing the score while the movie is playing. Um, oh yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah. That, so that's a, awesome. that's a different thing. Star Wars in concert. Yeah, it's a different thing. But yeah, so keep going. Yeah, if you've not yeah if you've not seen it, I'll I'll bring it over at some point. We can all sit down and watch it together because it's just like you get. You get the entire saga, well, the the first six films in, you know, 45 minutes or whatever is great. Um, but part of that saga was Battle of the Heroes, which was an basically an extended trailer for Revenge of the Sith. And so so what's funny is, like, you talk about what, what marketing spoke to you and, and, you know, got you really excited. It's like, well it wasn't a trailer but it sort of was <laughs> ultimately i as it was an extended trailer that that got me just like so amped to see that I'm, movie i'm guessing cuz i haven't seen this i'm guessing that there was no dialogue it was all images with yeah. music 
So again, that gets into what do you need in a trailer? Maybe we can leave that rhetorical. You know, it's like if you just play music and see images, you know, is that like, yes, that will get me going. Um, now, it doesn't work for every movie, you know, but for Star Wars, I think it would, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. And it really does with these uh, these segments that they put together and because they're mostly visuals. They, there's some dialogue in there. Um, but um, yeah. You know, one one last little bit I think that was interesting um, as the alarm goes off. Um, Attack of the Clones was the first time where it was you got an initial trailer and then it became a big marketing thing of now we're releasing the second trailer. Now we're releasing the third. I mean, I think there was and they all had a different theme um, each one of those trailers. And that was kind of an that was like I said, that was a new thing. Um, Phantom Menace had a little bit of it, but it was really like more strategic with Attack of the Clones. So I thought that was kind of interesting. But back in the day with the original trilogy, it was like, hey, remember that Star Wars thing? Empire Strikes Back is coming coming out. Go to Burger King, you know. <laughs> um, so cool. Anything else for the good of the order before we sign off? Mm, no. We're waiting, uh, let's see, because we got Andor coming at the end of this month, so I don't know if we'll get, I mean, we've not, we not only had trailers, we're getting scenes dropped on us for that one. I wonder if we'll get any new stuff. I haven't watched any, if there are scenes, I'm, I'm glad I didn't know this, I guess I've been yeah. off the grid, so I don't want to watch scenes, I don't, I, I want to go yeah, in it's, blind. It's like a little, the scene between uh, Skellen Skarsgård and Diego Luna, and it's only about a minute or so long, but Still, it's actually a cool little moment that you probably will, will enjoy more watching it with as part of the show. I will say too, like uh, at the Rogue One screening that I went to, uh, they had a lot of Andor content prior to the movie, and one of mm -hmm. the one of one of the pieces of that was an extended version of that Skarsgård scene, and you know, two to three times as long as what we got uh earlier in the week and it was um it was good it was really really good i i mean the andor marketing for all on my moaning about um where we are right now i think has been really good so i'm excited mm -hmm. yep well it sounds like cool. lucy's breaking down the door so um uh yeah let us know what your uh trailer experience has been like with uh with star wars um and what you look for in trailers um what you what other types of media got you pumped about it um and uh yeah maybe next week we'll have some hopefully some d23 stuff to talk about um or we'll have none <laughs> place the blazing saddles prayer here oh lord do we have the strength to take on this task all right well with that we will say who dat and everybody have a fantastic week.